Excellent. Well, it's recording now, so uh, welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director. Uh, I'm sitting here with Mary Jensen. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, perfect. So for the listener who doesn't know who you are, can you give a uh, background of your performance history and what led you to being the Artistic Director of the Treasure Valley Youth Theater? Sure. Um, Well, I have always loved theater, even as a kid. I had a lot of performing arts experiences as a young person, um, all the way from middle school to high school, and knew that I wanted to go to college and study theater in a much deeper, more meaningful way. Um, So my goal was really to become a high school theater teacher when I first entered college and get as much performing experience as I could. Um, I ended up at a small two-year school in eastern Idaho called Ricks College, (laughs) and then um, came to Boise State University to finish my four-year degree. I finished my degree, got my teaching certificate, and after my student teaching experience realized that maybe public school wasn't exactly where I wanted to be teaching theater, (laughs) I found it a little more stifling than creative not only for me, but for the students that were trying to work through that program. You're not the first. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not a big revelation, but it was to me a little bit. So I had to think, how how am I gonna do what I love in a different sort of way, which is teaching kids and helping them understand and explore the amazing art of the theater. So I went and ended up working for a nonprofit, um, learning kind of the ropes of just funding and fundraising and didn't do a whole lot of theater but I was able to bring a few programs to the nonprofit and um, I like to call it did a lot of freelance teaching at the time yeah. anybody that needed a program or um, needed something that could kind of look like an arts or a theater arts program I got to kind of bounce from school to school private schools and churches and um, community-based organizations and just hone my craft, but not really do it in a really specific sort of way. Um, And then my dear friend Autumn Kersey, who is the founder of Treasure Valley Children's Theater, we hadn't seen each other for years and years and years. And she walked into my doorstep one day and said, hey, I'm starting a theater company. Would you be interested? And I said, no, thank you, but good luck. And after a few more phone calls and realizing that was something I was really interested in doing, um, we were able to partner what that started as Treasure Valley Children's Theater, um, bringing me on as a partner. We were able to add a youth theater component, which was children performing and not just watching theater. So that's really where my artistic directorship is <laughs> kind of over at this point, is the youth theater program and children that are performing. We are teaching them life and leadership skills through performance and theater education, and that's really our goal. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, so I'm going to start this all out with okay. a question that I ask all of my guests, and it's a big, ambiguous question, so... Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) So nervous. (laughs) uh, Feel free to answer it in any way, shape, or form that you want. Uh, But the question is simply, what is your artistic direction? Mm, You're right. Big and ambiguous. (laughs) My artistic direction. West? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. That's a really great question. I I can't say that I've put much thought to that um, in those exact terms. So 
my artistic direction is as much about my own as collaboration. Like I said, we have this company, there are several of us that really have put our heart and soul and our blood and our sweat and our tears and done it for five years. And so I can't say that I feel like I have a real individual artistic direction at this point. It is very much collaborative and what is needed for the company and what is needed for the um, youth and the patrons that we serve is really what dictates my artistic direction. That doesn't answer your question. Like, what yeah, is it? That's a huge for component sure. of just performance in general. Uh, what roles do you fill in the uh, in the the, the company? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's fun to talk about. You know, when you start a brand new company and it goes from the ground up, you really start out filling all of the roles sometimes. Yeah. And I can definitely say that you know, from the toilet scrubber to the <laughs> um, costume designer to the set builder to that I've filled all of those roles at some point mm -hmm. um, as we grow I get to fill less of those roles and kind of focus on the ones that are really specific to what I want to be doing and mm -hmm. and maybe to my artistic direction yeah. um, but at this point I am kind of directing the youth theater programming and what we try and do for large-scale shows per year that accommodate anywhere between 40 and 60 students per show. Um, I oftentimes end up directing or music directing that show. We do a lot of musicals here. Yeah. And uh, as well as producing um, those productions. We do have, like I said, a team so we can kind of take turns doing what we really love or sometimes doing what we don't really love but needs to be done and you know that we have the skill set to do so it kind of just depends on the show and the day and the time and the stars alignment and all those kinds of things as to what we're doing but I, I kind of love that too I kind yeah. of love that I don't come to work every day and do the exact same thing yeah. and and I'm not the same thing to every person I I can feel different needs in different ways. Yeah, it keeps it fresh. Yeah, it it. absolutely. Um, so, so what brought you to youth and children theater versus, why didn't you just make another theater company? Why, sure. why youth and children theater? You know, believe it or not, Meridian, Idaho is really known for kind of being this big, family-friendly, tons of kids, lots of large families, and for having as many kids as the school district accommodates and are just around in the valley, um, Meridian was really lacking in youth programming for all different kinds of programs, not just arts and education programs. So it was kind of a no-brainer to say, you know, where does a program like this need to live? Well, obviously where there isn't any. <laughs> so I think that was one of the first things that brought me um, here. I have been serving on the board of the Meridian Arts Commission for a number of years before we started this company. And so I had kind of my finger on the pulse of what the, the Meridian city itself needed as far as arts and, and educational opportunities. And I just, we love it here. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's a really great place when you get kids that don't have any experience and have never heard of theater and they get to walk through your door for the first time yeah. and see a show or participate and their eyes just get huge and when they catch that fire and that inspiration I mean it's the best feeling uh, so so when when a kid comes and joins the program mm -hmm. uh, who has no no theater experience at all um, what things can you do to make sure that they uh, I like that catch that fire 
Like, wh- what are the steps that you take at the beginning to make sure that they feel inspired and, like, want to keep doing this? Well, you know, first of all, it's really fun to get to have under have kids understand that um, theater is only one component of what we do. That really we are just wanting them to understand who they are and try new things that fit with who their beliefs and their ideas. And um, it's not just about our vision of what we think theater should be, that they get to be incorporated in that and it gets to become a part of them. So we really work hard to help them understand, you know, that we don't use the word measurements, but that when they walk in the door, they come in at a certain level, and when they walk out, what have they learned? What has increased for them? And it may not be like my acting skills increased in an acting class, you know, but it may be like I found some courage to make a new friend, and that to us is just as successful as increasing their acting ability. So there's lots of little things that if you can show kids that they've made an improvement or that something has increased, something has benefited them in the time that they've been there, that's a success for us. Um, How do you reach out to the more timid kids? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I'm teaching a camp this week, as a matter of fact, and uh, the best part about this kind of a program is we get kids of all kinds. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't get just the kids who want to be stars. We do get kids that moms are like, this would be good for you. You should try it, right? (laughs) And they've never thought about it before. So really um, gaining their trust day one is super important. And just helping them understand, you know, like I said, being a star is not our goal. Yeah. Learning something new, trying something new. Um, we have a set of character values that we always try to follow in all of our camps, classes, and programs at Treasure Valley Children's Theater. And if you can understand mo- even one of those values and have it make a difference in your life, then that's a great success. What are the character values? Yeah, let's oh. make sure that I um, oh, perfect, tell you correctly. Perfect. Oh, that's so, tactical. Um, oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. A brochure. Here's our brochure. You can't see it yeah. if you're not here, but that's okay. Um, so our values are courage, commitment, respect, enthusiasm, and excellence. And we felt like those are all things to be a person that can go out into the world and make a success of themselves, whether they're doing it in theater or not, are all super crucial. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I like the structure of those five too, because you need to be courageous to, to put yourself out right. there, and then you need to commit. Uh, yeah, and then, and then once you get those two things, because I meant, oh. Met so many people in the theater uh, department, I'll say, of the world mm-hmm. uh, that have the courageous and they have the courage and the commitment, but then they haven't learned the respect elements, uh, and the, and that is something that, yeah, when you, if you can if you can make a, a, a youth or a child understand that early on, I think that just leads them to a more, uh, I'll use the word virtuous life. Sure. Um, and that's I think that's the crucial part of teaching kids theater it's almost not making them good actors it's teaching them how to be good people so when they're actors later that people want to continue working with them exactly exactly and if they don't ever become actors these components will help them be whatever they choose to be and that's what we really try and stress like of course we love those kids that want to go to broadway and of course we're going to help them in every way that we can but 
the reality is we'll have way more kids that don't, that want to become firefighters and yeah. accountants. And, and they'll have this healthy appreciation for the arts, but they'll also have like this great kind of understanding of who they are and how they can fit into the world. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think, this is a, another one of those like kind of big questions, but what do you think the youth that come in need the most? Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like when you just talk to youth in general, their needs are so varied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and our goal really is to understand each one yeah. and see if we can kind of tailor to their needs. But I think in general, they need to be heard. You know, a lot of kids just are not heard their voices are not heard by for whatever reason you know I'm a parent too and there are times where you know I just can't hear my kids at that point (laughs) I've heard too many things that day um but there are kids you know in in education settings and they just don't feel like they like their voice really means anything because they've been told no it doesn't too many times and so we want them to know that they are heard that they matter here and the things that they create can become powerful experiences for everybody that gets to see them. Yeah. Uh, so, so if you're if you're in a scenario where you're teaching children, I really like the idea of uh, if you're in a leadership or even a teaching position, you're sort of cultivating a culture. I like that term a lot. Uh, so, how do you cultivate a culture to let? kids know that their voice not only is being heard but matters sure well one of our key values obviously they're all important but we hit respect so much because the thing is even though idaho isn't known for its diversity we do have diverse backgrounds and and everybody does it may not be what everybody thinks in general diversity is Mm -hmm. but we have kids that come from all walks of life so to walk into a program and to understand that we respect everyone that's in the room, yeah. no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, you know, no matter where they come from. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the first key to helping them feel like, oh, I'm safe because I'm respected and I'm listened to here. And so that's kind of where we start. And then as they take more risks and they have the courage to do that and they see like, Oh, the kids in this room are supporting me. I might yeah. have just done something weird, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, then that kind of helps to grow that community, that understanding, and that safety net. Yeah, and that allows room for failure, which is a big deal, especially for for kids. I've done enough teaching uh, with kids, and it's difficult sometimes because even if you allow that, you're this is a safe space, like. We're not going to be judging you. Sure. Uh, sometimes failure really weighs on on a young person's mind, where they're they're not like, oh, I wasn't perfect a hundred percent of the time. Um, when you see that happen, what 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 steps can you take to make sure that they're uh, lifted back up after that? Sure. Um... You know, I was just thinking of a situation that we have in a camp that I'm teaching this week, and um, there's a. A young girl, and I don't know really what her background is, but we just seen some things behaviorally that where she's very outgoing and gets into it, and all of a sudden she'll just shut down and pull herself out and maybe not want to participate anymore. So again, it's kind of meeting the needs of each individual participant. Um, We typically teach in pairs here and run all of our programs, like I said, very collaboratively with kind of a a large group of uh, people on the production team. So when one of us can't take 
that immediate moment to get to her to understand what's going on, um, there's always someone else that can step in. Or if one of us doesn't quite click with one of the students that's struggling, we've got someone else who can say, look, I see it a little differently and, and maybe click better. Because obviously we're all different personalities and you yeah. know some just click better than yeah. others. So we were able to have her take her moment and, and kind of step away and just discuss, you know, what's going on? What's making you feel? And she said, I just got really scared. By, we were just doing kind of a simple um, listening and learning activity about everybody in the camp. She got kind of scared. She was saying too much. She didn't want to say anymore. Um, so really giving her the respect and listening to her and saying, that is just fine. The ultimate goal is not that every single person in this camp participates in every game the exact same way. Yeah. And, and being okay with that um, is kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Because I've, I've seen some teaching styles where it's like, no, come on, sure. come up on stage. And that's not only like, I mean, kids can tell when you're patronizing them. Yep. And they, they see right they see right through it. And I think a lot of adults don't realize that because the one thing that I think kids don't want to be treated like is kids. I think you're right. And, that's, and so when you start treating them like their feelings matter and mm-hmm. their thoughts and actions are legitimate, like suddenly they start feeling more legitimate. Surprise, right, surprise. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, just to piggyback off something you said, um, we... We always allow kids to observe. We say that observation is learning just as much as as doing sometimes. And so I think that's something in the acting world, a lot of times we kind of skip that observation part and and maybe don't honor it as much as we should, Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, I've just got to be on stage and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, And so when we kind of take a step back and say, it's okay for you to sit here and watch what's happening and take that in. And sometimes that's enough to send a kid like, okay, I see what's going on and I can get back in and play. And sometimes it's not enough. They still need more time. But like I said, we we honor that and it usually takes us to a pretty good place. Um, So I have a question that is something that I'm still working on uh, (laughs) with teaching kids specifically. I have had multiple classes where there are a few individual kids that just have so much energy and it's just constant, constantly outwards, outwards, outwards. Um, and the, the, dif- the difficulty I have is I want to, I want to like, yeah, honor every individual that's in a classroom setting, sure. but sometimes you have to devote so much attention to controlling this energy that I feel as though I'm taking away from the experience of the rest of the class because I don't want my, I don't want my teaching, I don't want half of the class to be me trying to control two kids. Um, is, is there a way you can, this is a hard question. I know. know. No, I like where it's going. Yeah. But is there a way that you can still, um, Get, get that energy out and let, like let those kids be who they are, but like have the classroom experience not be disrupted by those two. Sure. Yeah, or two or three or however many. You know, one of the hardest things for me and, and probably why I kind of veered away from teaching public school was that there are a lot of stringent rules, yeah. a lot of stringent tests that have to be followed, and it really didn't accommodate most everyone's needs and like you said it was pretty easy to see kids with behavior problems just kind of getting pushed to the wayside because they weren't being able to be accommodated when we started the theater company um, we sat down and made kind of a very conscious decision to say 
we love those kind of kids. We love kids that have too much energy yeah. for most people, yeah. right? Yeah. We love the kids that are just strange, that don't fit in yeah. the mold that yeah. everybody thinks a kid should be, you know, <laughs> because they come with so much creativity and so much vitality. And when you can harness that and put it on stage, it's usually very effective it's and you get some really good product. Sure. Oh. So, um, you know, we put that, I really do kind of have to put that in the forefront of my mind every single time that yeah. I'm working with kids. Like, I love this. Yeah. I love the fact that they are different this way or have this yeah. energy. And then that kind of helps me really figure out the next steps to take. So um, I'm so glad that I'm teaching this because I have a lot of examples for you. Yeah. Maybe not as an artistic director, but at least as a teacher. Yeah. Uh, we have that same exact issue in a camp I'm teaching um, currently. And a, a young man that's seven years old and so much energy and really can't rein it in or you know, is choosing not to rein it in yeah. at this point. And while it's frustrating and trying and, and it gets a little bit on our nerves, we are trying to say, okay, he's got some really great qualities. This kid loves to read and he has this huge knowledge base of characters and all different kinds of characters because cool. he loves to read so much. And so when we can understand that and grasp it and, and harness it, then he gives us this great little performance where he is like this jazz playing turtle, right? Mm -hmm. That most kids maybe wouldn't understand the nuances of a piano playing jazz turtle. Yeah. But because he's read about characters like that, he really, really gets it. However, when it becomes too distracting for the rest of the class, that's totally an issue. So we fall right back to our character values and say, we, the very first day we talk about respect, when that respect is not happening, that's really has to be the bottom line for us, no matter what else goes yeah. on. Yeah. And um, he's had some problems, and even today we had to work through some things where we had to completely remove him from the class and the program and just kind of cut it off and let him say, sorry, because you have disrespected us and the cast, you cannot be here at, during this, this portion of the, of the class. And... Um, the bigger impact, it impacted him. He was really upset about it because he's having a great time at camp yeah. and he's feeling, you know, safe and yeah. really excited to be there. Um, but the bigger impact was on the kids um, in the rest of the class who now saw this great hole in their program and no one else could fill it. Yeah. So they too are encouraging him, like, we need you here and we need you respecting the class and our work so that our production is awesome and where we want it to be. And that was really impactful today to be able to use their mm -hmm. thoughts and, and, and realize that his actions were not just affecting his relationship with the teacher, but the whole class. Yeah, I find a, an effective way that I've always found is, because uh, I really, yeah, when, when people are up on stage and kids who aren't on stage have a lot of energy, <laughs> I, the, the, the question that I find very effective to post to kids is, uh, how would you feel if you were on stage and everyone in the audience was acting like you were just then? For sure. And that's wow. uh, I think that that makes it more personal to them because they because like human beings in general just want attention. That's yeah. I think that's a that's a big need. A uh, and when you're starved when you're starved for attention, that sometimes that that's how the energy starts <laughs> getting out. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a question. For <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We can move on. Yeah. 
Um, uh, so yeah, actually, I, I do want to talk about. Um, so, so you also put put on performances for for kids. Right. Um, I guess how do you how do you find performances that uh, resonate with young audiences in a way that will make them uh, learn to appreciate theater, or at least have some theatrical or performance elements in their lives as they go on into the future? Yeah, that's a great question, and I would love to have like this magic formula that I could unveil to you and say we plug in all of these perfect things and boom we get the greatest show right Um, but I don't have it yet I'll get there Uh, but honestly and I and I I'm not super excited to tell you this but it it really is part of the job a lot of times the title and the content of the show really dictate to us selecting it um, because if you don't get kids in the door, first and foremost, you're not going to reach them. No. So in a community that doesn't have um, a lot of live theater to offer families, we're basically starting with a very green audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they don't walk through the door unless it's something they feel like they're going to understand and know and have some sort of interest in. So when we select shows, our first kind of priority is, is the title going to bring people in? Oh, wow. Um, important to consider. <laughs> you know, so it's unfortunate because obviously we'd love to select for the content and, and what the show can bring to people and the message. Yeah. And we've tried doing that in, in a very young sense and not been able to quite make it happen because we don't get people in the seats to see it. So we, one of the reasons we do a lot of musical theater here is because that's what sells at this point to this audience because they they know musicals sometimes. And um, so we pick things that, like I said, have a, a recognizable title, sometimes even that have a movie to go along with them because that's where a lot of of, of this green audience kind of base their mm-hmm. ideas and thoughts from. Is, oh, I've seen the movie. I'll see the musical too. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Alice Wonderland. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. But we feel like if that gets them in the door to experience the program and all of the things that come along with that, then for now, that's what we want yeah. to have happen. So you have these movies or like th- these familiar stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, do you have like, what are the tactics to present? So the audience comes in, mm-hmm. you're presenting them an alternate version of it. Um, wh- what do you want the young audiences to see in the theater that they can't get out of movies? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I think that really almost answers itself because as theater people, (laughs) we know that that connection that you get from, you know, seeing a live actor on stage and hearing those words and and using your imagination as to what else is going on with that whole world is so powerful. That really, once we get them in the door, we're not worried, right? (laughs) You know, like, we know we can make that connection to them. And, um... Maybe not with every single kid in every single show, you know, sometimes you're just not connected to the story sometimes, yeah. but, but you'll find that. And if you, if you see a really solid piece of theater, oftentimes we feel like you will, will see another one yeah. and, and maybe look for even more connections and yeah. how that works in your world. And, 
And one of the great things is we do work with kids from ages 3 to 18. And, you know, getting to see, like, a three- or four-year-old see live theater for the first time and really make that... They, they so don't understand the difference but when they think you're going to a theater that movies usually pop right into their yeah. head. When they see a real person come out for the first time and open their mouth or sing a song yeah. or pull out a puppet and have yeah. it talk to them, it's just kind of mind-blowing, yeah. which is so exciting yeah, to see for the is. first time because yeah. you know all those great things and all those connections that are being made. Yeah, you're watching step one. Mm-hmm. You're watching the, the first, the inciting incident of yes. this like, child's experience with that. Right. Or not improv, sorry, I'm an improv guy. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I, we we do it all around yeah, here, so yeah. it's all um, good. So uh, we're a little bit shy of a half an hour. Uh, I like just che- checking in with this. Do you want to talk about anything that we haven't talked about in terms of uh, uh, directing kids or artistically directing this theater or just anything? And you can take a moment and think about Sure, that. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I think... <laughs> it's not like a therapy session, right? But um, I, I do want to tell you what I struggle with most as an artistic director, and that is, um, you know, letting go. Um, it's been fun to be on the very ground floor of opening a brand new theater company and having it expand and grow as quickly as it has in the past five years for us. Um, but what that entails is, you know, going from doing all the things and then finding a great costume designer who wants to be a part of this and having to let that piece go to yeah. them, you know, oh, like, yeah. but my vision, but this is how I work. Yeah. This is what I know. And, and, um, for the very first time this season, we have in, in the youth theater company have brought in two brand new directors that we've never worked with before. And, and that's, been really exciting because I believe, you know, working collaboratively is definitely the way to go and kids need, everyone needs, but especially our kids need different visions that they can see and work through. And so the kids that have worked with me for, you know, two and three and five years, it's so exciting for them to have a new director that will teach them even different things and, and, and give them that new perspective. But for me personally, like, Letting go of that is so difficult, even though I know it's really the best thing to grow a, co- a company and to give that vision to yeah. other people. So, Are there steps that you've taken to help you let <laughs> go? Yeah. I breathe a lot. It's <laughs> very important, actually. I it's remind myself, important. like, this really is so good for the goals of our company yeah. and for my own personal life because... I think you probably know, um, you know, the, the world of theater really can kind of just encompass everything that you do yeah. and to <laughs> an extent just suck you into yeah. that is all that you do. So when we get to use other people, then my plate kind of, not empties, but kind of reorganizes for me to focus on other things or, or to expand other parts of the company that need some attention um, as well as giving that interesting kind of new eyes, fresh eyes, pr- fresh perspective to the the shows that really need it. So I'm struggling with that, but it's yeah. something that I I really know is going to be good for us <laughs> in the yeah. end. And and it's easier done the more it's practiced. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so how, how do you uh, adapt to differing perspectives coming into your theater that maybe, because that, that's the great thing about different perspectives is mm-hmm. that 
it provides the theater with something that you could not have provided just because you don't have that perspective. Right. Um, like, yeah, what, what is the mindset that you have to adopt to adapt? Sure. To that, yeah. So first, I, I think we should say that, you know, we're, we're very selective in who we choose to come in and work with kids. We, we wouldn't just put out a call for any director off yeah. the street, you yeah. know, kind of a thing. Um, and, and we do use our values as a total guide for that. So anybody that's in a line with our theater values and have experience working with children in, in the ways that are appropriate for our company, then, then that's kind of how we select other directors. Um, then just the process of really honoring the title at that point. You know, everybody has a job to do, and we teach this in our camps and our programs too. Everybody has a job to do in this production. Do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. if you're the piano playing turtle, you do that and don't mess with the saxophone playing turtle. You know, that's not your job. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's practice what we preach. You know, ultimately the director is the director, and that vision is to be honored, and we're all here to support that um, no matter what. Uh, role you're playing on the production team, you're here to support the director's vision and then the company's mission as a whole. So we really try hard to to honor that um, structure. Yeah. Uh, how has your relationship been with the parents? And like that, that that's an interesting thing because they're they're giving you their babies. Sure. Like, yes. For for a substantial portion of the day. Uh, yeah. Is is there like a push and pull that you have to like? do with the parents is that that's kind of a weird question no it's not but i'm laughing a little bit just because i'm like how many other artistic directors do you have to ask that to just the youth ones (laughs) like grown-up actors don't have to worry about their parents (laughs) hanging around usually right (laughs) um but it's it's a totally valid question and really we we do a lot of the same things that we do with the kids we earn their trust we make sure that we are completely organized in every facet of the program so that a parent knows exactly what's happening all the time. Because usually that's where we get the bis- biggest issues as parents that, you know, a lot of parents walk in and say, oh, I'm a football guy. I, I don't know why my kid wants to do theater. You know, yeah, like that, yeah. none of this computes to me. So we just educate them as best we can and give them all the information that they could possibly need in order to know that their kids are in a really safe and productive environment. And it, it's kind of the same way as kids. You know, you we walk in, they walk in, we capture them after one program or one class, and, and we got them. And it's the same way with parents. They have a good experience the first time. They know everything that's happening. They feel listened to and, and, and organized, and we got them. Awesome. And then they're ours forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll never grow up. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, I, so you got to get going okay. pretty soon. I would love to keep talking with you, but we, we've I think we've covered got a lot it. of like, okay. awesome ground. Awesome. Uh, if someone is looking for Treasure Valley Youth and Children's Theater mm-hmm. online or looking for you online, uh, are there any plugs that you have to uh, Absolutely. Plug? <laughs> we love our online presence, and we are at um, treasurevalleychildrenstheater.org. And you can find the youth and the the- and the children's theater page there. We are also on social media, um, Facebook and Twitter as Treasure Valley Children's Theater. And check us out. Awesome. Uh, and then I like ending with this. Uh, can you get Can you give me one recommendation of anything at all? It'd be like a book, a movie, uh, a music <sighs> album, a quote, a way of life, just anything. Yeah. 
So um, you're headed to Yellowstone? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I, I went to school on that side of the state, and my family has a, a second home over um, just outside of West Yellowstone. Okay. So there's a lot of really great obviously things to see but my very favorite is Yellowstone Lake okay. which is not something people typically put okay. on their list of okay, first time cool. things but gorgeous and when you talk about like big sky Montana it's just all water and sky and beauty that's awesome just really soak it in and enjoy it it's pretty inspirational there that's perfect I okay. love that I love that so much <laughs> alright uh, Mary thank you so much for sitting down with me yeah. uh, you can find this podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes uh, and listener thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day and that is the end of